It was something I wrestled with for a long time, just because it, it did take a very large amount just of, of, of money to get it going. But I didn't want to look back in 30, 30 years and say, I wish I had done that. That's what just pushed me to do it. I bit the bullet, and thankfully, uh, everybody else seemed to see the quality that I saw in them. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, a look behind the scenes of the fly fishing world, featuring insight from guides and gear reps, conversation with resort managers, thoughts on entomology, discussions on fly patterns and destinations, and plenty of fish stories. Most importantly, it's an exploration of this lifelong journey we call fly fishing. Here's your host, Mark Hopley, with this episode of Fly Fishing 97. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Fly Fishing 97 podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hopley, and today it's my pleasure to welcome Richard Wilby to the program, owner-designer at Forge Fly Fishing. Richard, thanks for joining us today. Hey, not a problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate it. So um, before we get into all your good reels and a lot of your designs, I know you're, uh, you've got all kinds of gear that we can talk about, but first off, I just want to know a little bit about how you got into fly fishing. Tell me a little bit about your history, if you will. Well, growing up, uh, like many guys, it was dad that showed me all about fishing. Uh, he was more into the, the gear casting, all that, while I went into more fly fishing. Uh, and right from there on, uh, I just decided fly fishing was the way I wanted to go with everything. So ever since I was a young guy, probably five years old, just got into it. And that's what uh, that was our thing that brought us together when I was really young and for many years after. So it's always been something really special to me. Yeah, absolutely. I get that for sure. So then what made you kind of pursue a career in the industry? Well, it kind of happened that years ago, Dad and I thought, wouldn't it be great to have some sort of business centered around fishing somehow, uh, be it a lodge or if designing something, anything like that. And uh, unfortunately, he passed away and... I kind of always saw in the back of my mind of wanting to kind of fulfill, uh, fulfill that dream that we had. And it kind of got to the point where I said, you know what? I looked at all these reels that are in your local fly shop there. And I said, I, I can design something like this. So after a ton of drawings and, you know, a ton of failures at that, just trying to get the right design going, we finally came up with something. And uh, after realizing what I had there, I decided we need to bring this to market and give it a shot. And that was uh, a little over eight years ago. What was the first fly reel you ever made? What would you call it? That was called the Requiem. Okay. And we, we named it, it actually means in remembrance. And I did that actually kind of in memory of dad. Nice. That's awesome. And that was, a, yeah, that was our freshwater reel. That was our very first one that we still have in the lineup today. So has that, has that, real evolved over time only in different colors and different sizes uh we're going to be bringing out another version of it i don't want to say upgraded because it's such a fantastic reel i don't want to say it's an upgraded version just a different kind of version that allows for maybe more line capacity on it okay but uh, we've been going strong with that for like i said a little over eight years now so it's kind of Kind of thinking if it ain't broke, why fix it? Yeah, I was just going to say, if you have a design that works, why would you mess with it, right? Exactly. So where where are you doing most of your fishing? Well, I kind of started it on Vancouver Island, so I kind of always think back to that's where I kind of got my start into fly fishing on many of the rivers and lakes. Uh, as of right now, uh, we're in Kelowna, 
And I find that I do most of my fishing on any of the numerous lakes in the area. And my favorite kind of area is kind of that connector on the way to Merritt. Yeah, there's just so many lakes in that area that are just fantastic. You you point in any direction and soon you're going to hit a fantastic lake. So have you been out lately? Uh, I did, actually. A couple days ago, I was able to hit Hathoom Lake and get a bit more into chronomid fishing. And that turned out way better than I expected, actually. Isn't it amazing once you get that dialed in? It's pretty fun. Oh, it's just amazing up there. What a great lake. Too. What were they biting on? Uh, about size 14 chronomids, kind of in that gun barrel type color, using that anti-static yeah. wrap. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just amazing. So were they very deep or were you fishing fairly shallow? We started deep. Not a lot was happening. We came in shallow, uh, kind of around the 10-foot mark, put it at about a 6 to 8-foot depth and just couldn't keep them off the line. So I would imagine with your fishing experience, you probably want to do a little bit of everything, whether it's salt water, steelhead, just to kind of uh, give your, your gear a go. Yeah, I, I kind of think that I have done a little bit of everything. I definitely haven't mastered anything. I'm much more of a fly fisherman, but if, if there's water, I don't care how I fish it. I just want to be out there. If you could fish any water today, what's your favorite type of water to fish? The place I feel most at peace is in a river. Hmm wading into a river and just it's my favorite there's something about the moving water and just being out there yeah i just love it that's something the okanagan doesn't really have a lot of i wish we had more of it i mean there's some decent but not not like uh, not like some of those coastal rivers and even some of those down in montana oregon you know where do you do your river fishing richard well i get back to the island once in a while and i always find time or i guess i make time to do some river fishing while I'm there, and hopefully some salmon are running. If not, there's plenty of trout of many different varieties that I can go for. Right. So, so getting back to to forge fly fishing, tell me how that once things once you got the ball rolling. You mentioned you've been doing this for eight years now, so you got a pretty good idea of kind of the marketplace and what people are looking for. Um, tell me a little bit about that journey. Well, it was tough because. Breaking into the fly reel market is tough enough as it is, but then uh, here I am with this new brand, this new company, competing against brands that are worldwide, uh, some that have been around for, you know, almost 100 years. And it's pretty hard to trust a new company like that. But once word got around that, well, this new company actually has some fantastic stuff and it's really good quality and the price isn't outrageous at all. Uh, word got around really quickly, and soon fly shops were phoning me. That's great. So, I mean, I did. We, we got a chance to meet quite a while ago at the, uh, is it the International uh, Film Festival there for fly fishing? And I'll tell you, you had your your some of your gear there, and uh, looked like some beautiful reels. And if somebody wants to get a hold of your reels, like, are, are we talking brick and mortar? Are we talking online? What's the best way to do that? I'm. I don't have a brick and mortar store. How I prefer to do everything is through the fly shops. Um, it's, I grew up in them all my life and it's just an industry and a shop that I would not, I just wouldn't want to see that go away anytime soon at all. Um, it's better than the big box stores going into a fly shop. It's just, it's just always been an amazing place to go. We do have an online shop as well, but there's just something amazing about going to a fly shop and actually holding the reel in your hands and playing with it before you get it. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir there. That's one thing I really miss. And I know some of these some of these fly fishing meccas are loaded with fly shops, but there's the ma and pa shops, there's not a lot of them around anymore. There seems to be less and less, and those that are around really know their stuff. 
There are, and some are just absolutely amazing. Like the one that uh, in Kelowna here called Troutwater, it, it couldn't be run by nicer people, by more knowledgeable people. And even just the staff that work there are just top-notch. And that's just exactly what I mean. You can't find that at large big-box stores or even online. You, you go in and talk to these people, and they're the ones that really show you what you need. Yeah, I mean, big shout out to Nick and Souse. They run a great shop, and believe me, I spend a lot of money in there. But uh, at least my wife says I do. Hopefully, she's not <laughs> listening right now. Um, but yeah, no. So they, I mean, so so basically, you can go into Trout Waters or maybe any of the shops if you're down at the coast. Um, or are, are you throughout North America or mostly in Canada? How does that work? Right now, we're all over BC. A uh, little bit in Alberta. I'm slowly trying to move east as I go. Uh, breaking into the American market very slowly, just down in Washington. But um, yeah, we're, we've always been a British Columbia company. And it's been very popular here, but I just want to bring Forged everywhere. That's awesome. And, and, and for those of you listening in the British Columbia region, support your local guys, because I'll tell you, uh, they put their heart and soul into it, and, and what you're making some pretty good stuff. Tell, tell, tell me about your line of reels. We talked about the Requiem, but um, tell me about the whole lineup. Well, yeah, that's our freshwater reel. We also have a saltwater-approved spay reel called the Royale. Right. Uh, that one's been very popular because it has a cork and carbon fiber drag system and also a deep valley built into the spool so that your line capacity is exponentially larger than most other reels. Okay. Uh, we have our Atlas center pin reel, uh, which has been very well received over here. And we had our first run done of our mooching reel. Uh, we're currently just between that where I'm actually kind of redesigning it, making it look a little bit more uniform with our other reels. And hopefully before long, I can bring that back out because when it was out, it was popular. Hmm. That can, is there a danger? Like I, I find it interesting when people come out with product lines, like how, how wide do you take it and how, do you know what I mean? You can get, you can almost have too many products, right? At some point. And <laughs> you've actually touched on the subject that I get in my mind a lot. I'd, I'd love to have everything if I could, but I can only bring out so much, especially since that, I basically, it's, it's myself and my wife that kind of run it. Uh, and I had no outside help in starting my company. So that's why it's maintained that somewhat small of a brand uh, because it's just been my money going into it this whole time. Well, and I, I realized too that it's Madeline, right? Your partner and she's, she's the chief financial officer also? That's right. Uh, basically the brains behind the outfit. Ah, there you go. <laughs> so, so that's good. So it's a family affair basically. Yeah. Cool. Are you the guy that's hitting the road all the time trying to do the sales for this company or do you have outside sales guys? No, I've thought about having outside sales guys, but I'm just not quite there yet. It is me that basically puts in the thousands of kilometers each year, just going to trade shows, yeah. uh, going to all these fly shops as much as I can. I'd like to actually just keep a presence there as much as I can, but you know, life gets in the way. That's probably pretty special too for, for fly shop owners to be able to talk to the actual owner slash designer. You know, you're pretty, you you can't get any more vested. Oh, that's, and they love the fact that I've had multiple times where I've taken a phone call and they'll say, okay, hold on. I got someone here for you. And then I have a customer in the shop that just wants to talk to me about the reels because they had a question that they couldn't answer quite well enough in the shop. And I'm just, happy to take their phone call over that. And people love that, that they actually talk to the owner instead of 
a machine or having to send an email. Well, and that gets back to that whole, you're talking about big box stores versus mom and pop fly fishing shops. You'll go in there, yeah. they'll tell you where to go, what to use. You can touch it, feel it, see it. And it's a different ball game. Exactly. Yeah, I miss that in, in some areas because I'll tell you where I'm at, it's pretty slim pickings, but we're lucky to have, uh, like you said, uh, trout waters and and uh, definitely the shops in the interiors. There's not as many as there used to be, but the ones that are around are still uh, still holding their own. Yeah, that's right. It's a tough go, but like I said, I definitely don't want to ever see that die. It's a really special market. I got a funny feeling. That, you know how things come full circle? I, I just hope that one day, and then this is just a personal prejudice of mine i hope that it comes back because i I think that brick and mortar is underrated and and uh you know ordering something online is not always it's not always the best way to go yeah i know it's it's hard to be the experience of a fly shop you know rather than the experience of a website or you know things like that yeah for sure so hey if there's one thing richard about fly fishing you could change what would that be one thing, oh boy, what to choose? No, that's uh, that's good, uh, good question. Um, I would say there's a couple things. One of them is I would like to see uh, more women get into fly fishing. Yeah. Personally, I know that the the number has grown exponentially over the years, and we're seeing a whole lot more. But again, I would just love to see more and more. And I've taught fly casting to many people, uh, and I find more often than not, it's actually uh, women that take to it much faster than men. Yeah. They catch more and, fish, too. And they sure do. Yeah. No, they, There's no they, doubt. They really do. So uh, that, well, that's one thing. What, what else would you uh, like to see maybe a little different in our industry? I would like to see perhaps a little bit less of the, the elitism mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Personally, um, fly fishing is my favorite way to fish. But like I said, I do also all, every type of uh, fishing. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. Like I'll, I, last week, I was fishing for carp, and I'll tell you, I wasn't fly fishing, but I had a blast. I'm not afraid to admit it. It's for me, it's it's different experiences. If you go around the world, not everybody's fly fishing. Definitely, you can fly fish for just about any type of fish. But there's nothing wrong with expanding your boundaries too, right? Oh, and that's so true. Like, and there's nothing wrong with thinking that fly fishing is the definite way to go. But I've even seen people just, they almost look down on someone that doesn't fish that same way. The way I see it, if what you're doing is legal and you're out there, yeah. it shouldn't matter how you're doing it. Yeah, I hear you. And then, and then let's face it, there's parts of our sport that don't like using indicators and don't like doing that. And then you get factions within in the sport. I don't, I don't get all that. For me, if you're, if you're, especially if you're fly fishing, there's no better way to spend time on the water. That's, that's true. And that's why I don't, I don't play that game whatsoever. If you do, that's fine, but um, life's too short. Yeah. Enjoy it. Hey, um, who have you learned from the most uh, about fly fishing and, and, and time on the water? Hmm. That's, that's a really good question, actually. Uh, I would definitely say Dad was a large part of that. While he, you know, he had the spinning rod, I had the fly rod. We both kind of taught each other about it, but in, in the same way, it's the same sport. So he had a huge part of that, especially growing up as a kid. And from there, it was just people that kind of take you under their wing. They see that you're struggling with something or they see that if they can teach you something, they will. That's something I've always loved about fishermen and fly fishermen in general. They're always willing to show knowledge. And it could be a complete stranger on the river that you meet. I I find that more often than not, they, 
love to show you anything they know to help you catch more fish. Absolutely. It's a pretty sharing sharing pastime, isn't it? I mean, everybody, most people you run into are willing to share what they know. It's, it's amazing. You could be out there together all day, not say a word, but come back in and have a million things to talk about, and you still felt like you spent the day together. Yeah. It's great. No, that's good stuff. So do you do a lot of uh, fly tying? Yes, I, I've been doing that basically probably right after I came in for the first time casting a fly rod, I came in and learned how to tie fly. I actually used a, a pair of pliers that I kind of squeezed together between my knees to hold the hook with mom's sewing thread and some feathers. That was one of my first flies I ever tied when I was about six years old. <laughs> That's pretty hardcore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gone a little bit better from there, but yeah, I've been doing it for a while. I would imagine you're I still not it. holding uh, the hook with a, a vice between your knees. No, but the funny thing is, is I still own one of my first vices that I got about 20 years ago. It's ready to break and I have upgraded to a much nicer one, but it is my backup and I, I just can't bear to let it go. Curious to know what your go-to vice is. Oh boy. Uh, right now I do have a Renzetti. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. The one before, I don't even think it had a brand name. It was so old. But uh, no, I would say right now Renzetti is my go-to, but uh, I'm not. I'm not stuck on that. What are you tying at the bench these days? Chronomids, uh, leeches, damsels? What, what's uh, what's your pattern of choice right now? A lot of leeches, a lot of patterns. I do a lot of tying for different people, too. If they need something, I just throw them a few flies here and there. So a lot of woolly buggers, a lot of leeches. Getting better at chronomids, they're not quite there yet. But Just curious, the flies that, you, that are on your website, do you tie those? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Big salmon type woolly buggers and such. Yeah, I love. Them. Yeah, they said what I saw seemed to be more geared towards uh, river fishing for uh, for salmon, steelhead, that type of thing. I actually get a lot of orders from the east coast for those flies, which I find kind of fun too. But huh. yeah, awesome. So if somebody's not near a fly shop and uh, wants to go online, they can find you. What's your website? It's www.forgedflyfishing.com. Okay, and then they can uh, you can obviously look through the different reels that you have available that which you've designed all of them. That's right. We've got lots of reels. We have accessories, a little bit of apparel, and some flies. Always trying to expand a little bit more here and there of stuff, especially when someone comes to me and says, "I wish I could see this on the market." I usually try and take that and see what I can do with it. I noticed you got a a, a net that looked very ergonomic. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's and that's what we tend to call it. It's uh, it's our ergo net. Okay. Basically, it's a nice short net to have with you in the river, uh, but it's curved a bit. It's it's just a, a fantastic design that I've always loved. It's worked out really well, and everybody else seems to really like it too. So, is that something that you just put a design on? You have a company make it up, or is that something you make up yourself? Uh, that one I had a company make for me. Yeah. Uh, it comes with a mesh net, or I also had, after being asked enough, I had the rubber net put on there as well. Nice. Oh, that's nice for catch and release too, right? That's right. So all your time on the water over the years, you must have some crazy things happen to you out there. I always like to bug somebody and say, hey, what what's the weirdest thing that's happened to you on the water? <laughs> One of my favorite stories to tell anyone who actually wants to listen is um, I was on uh, Langford Lake, uh, just outside of Victoria, uh, in my belly boat. And we had done okay that day. I'd caught a few fish. I was on my way back into shore then and caught another fish, brought it up into the stripping basket. Luckily, I had just taken the hook out of the mouth. When I hear kind of this whomp type sound behind me, I turn around and 
a giant pair of eagle talons went by my head, grabbed the fish from my lap, uh, the wings cuffed me in the back of the head and took my rod out of the holder into the water. And it took <laughs> off It took off with the fish. And I'm sitting there for about 30 seconds frozen going, what, what just happened? And I, I kind of look around with my arms out going, did anybody see that? And of course, nobody's on the lake. That's awesome. There's not too many people that can say they got hit in the back of the head by an eagle wing. That was a massive eagle too. Was it a bald eagle? It was. And, of course, they, they're talons first. They're not like an osprey. Oh, yeah, they, they get a lot bigger when they're literally on top of you. So you spent a lot of time fishing the island, sounds like. Is that where the company kind of started? That's right. We kind of started it when I lived in Victoria. That's right. Okay. And then you guys have relocated at some point to the Okanagan? We moved. It's very mobile for me. I can just take my small warehouse with me, and we moved to Kelowna here. And it was a good move. I miss the island a lot, but it's pretty hard beating the Okanagan. Yeah, I hear you. So, I mean, what what is in what is all involved with that? So a company that, that makes primarily fly reels, fishing reels, um, are we talking CNC equipment? What, what kind of equipment do you need to make a reel? I have no clue. Well, that's how we actually make all the reels. Uh, we don't do any cast reels. We do all ours from single bar stock aluminum. So it's cut off basically like a giant hockey puck and then using a CNC machine it cuts out whatever design that we send in and then it sends it back. It's much stronger and it's done using the cold forging process. Just one of the many reasons why we called the company forged. I kind of thought it would need a nice name that sounded strong, kind of like a, a blacksmith over an anvil. Yeah. It's a great name. I love it. That, no, thanks. That was just one of the many things I thought about when starting a company. And I just liked the idea of forged. I just think it's so cool that you started with this concept back in the day and, and made it through to fruition because, you know, you talk to a lot of people that have ideas. It's one thing to think about. It's another thing to do it. And it's something else to watch that evolve over time. It was something I wrestled with for a long time just because it, it did take a very large amount just of, of, of money to get it going. But I didn't want to look back in 30 years and say, I wish I had done that. Right. So that's what just pushed me to do it. I bit the bullet, and thankfully, uh, everybody else seemed to see the quality that I saw in them. Yeah, and you know, you're you're in a city that really embraces entrepreneurs. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think per capita, there's a there sure seems like there's a lot in the Kelowna area. No, I, I've met quite a few around here, and just even in the local fly shops, you'll I found quite a few in there just with their apparel brands. Uh, like my friend Adam Potter that works there, he's got Four Salts, which is a steelhead apparel brand. Like mm-hmm. they're littered with just fantastic people that have great designs. So if you're headed out to the interior on a still water and you're limited to one or two flies, uh, what would you be uh, throwing? One or two flies. Well, my go-to is always a type of semi-seal blood leech with a ruby eye. Hmm. And the other one would probably be something something either like a pumpkin head or just a black crystal flash woolly bugger, just some sort of searching pattern. You know, that fly, we had John Kent, the creator of the pumpkin head, on uh, a few weeks back, and that fly has caught so many fish. Oh, they're fantastic flies. Well, I find, I don't know if you find this, Richard, but for me, it can be, it could be a damselfly, it could be a leech, it could be a, it could be a minnow in some lakes, you know? Oh, that's just the, the good part about it is that it represents so many different flies. And the fact that it was a John Kent type fly can't help but make it a good fly as well. Yeah. 
I hear you there. Any big fishing trips planned this summer, or you guys, uh, it sounds like you get away a fair bit. Uh, definitely not as much as I'd like to. Um, I think uh, any trips that I have so far are probably just going to be to the island. Uh, I do. I have family there as well as visit all the fly shops there whenever I can. Uh, my brother-in-law works right next to the ocean there on an island, so I can try and get out off there as I can. But for around here, uh, it's only when I have the time, and that's few and far between. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Sometimes work gets in the way of fishing. It's funny how you get into the fi- uh, fishing industry, but you don't have the time to go fishing anymore. Yeah, well, I, I think that happens to people in the tying industry. It happens to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds good. And it's a lot of fun, but sometimes it's uh, it's more fun to be on the water, isn't it? Oh, I know. Well, at least I'm surrounded by what I love. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well yeah. put. Are you still doing your uh, your blog? I noticed you had a blog online. I have been very lax at doing that blog. Uh, in mo- it, that's one thing that I need to get so much better at. I'm so bad at social media. Any any pictures I put on there, they always look so good. But I just it's something I I need to develop a lot more. I'm not I'm not a very big social media guy, and I just need to fix that. Yeah, because I, I hear you. Yeah, people love the stuff. They love seeing the pictures and seeing what new things are coming out with. I just have to get better at well showing them. Yeah, it's a learning curve for sure. I mean, and you brought it up. So social media, forge fly fishing. Are you on Instagram, Facebook? Where 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 are you? Facebook and Instagram are our two main ones. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a learning curve, and I think there's a there's an age demographic there. I just ask my kids, say, and they, they'll they'll set it up. I just give them the phone; they they can deal with it. I, I I'm getting to the point. I'd yeah, I'd like to just have someone take care of that. Yeah, no, that's uh, and it's a, such a big part of business now, isn't it? It really is, and like I said, I just have so many cool things to show. I just actually need to sit down and actually take pictures and show them have you got anything in in the works you can talk about that you're maybe working on or, or do you try and keep that stuff hush hush until you release it um i think i've talked about a little bit just with the new freshwater reel that we're gonna we're bringing out pretty quick probably within the month here uh that's gonna be coming out very soon uh it's called the invictus will that be uh, what size uh lines would that take we're doing a three four all the way to seven eight with it and we're putting that signature v in the spool to again uh, no matter if you're just using it for your cron mid rod or if you want to use that for your switch rod, uh, it's going to have a lot of line capacity to it. Uh, and you know what? Some of these lakes that we fish, it's amazing how much backing you can get into. You get into a four or five pound fish or bigger and, and uh, you can run out of line pretty quick. It still surprises me how the same size fish, one you could just yard in, the other one will just take off. It's great. And that's one of the things I love about the lakes around here. Uh, those fish are amazing for that. Well, hey, you know what? I really appreciate your time and, and taking the time to talk with us. Um, that's uh, Richard Wilby from Forge Fly Fishing. Encourage you to check out his uh, beautiful reels uh, online if you don't have a fly shop near you. But by all means, support your local fly shop. Richard, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you again for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you would like to hear on the show. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.